it's time for Plato at the Hub. Welcome to Plato at the Hub with your hosts Hugo and Joy. Each month they bring you a vivid personal conversation which aims to enhance your self-cultivation and stimulate your personal growth. Thank you all for listening. Now let's turn to our guests. All right, good evening and thank you for tuning in. We are back at the Hub Studio of Breda University of Applied Sciences. Thank you for all your sweet and insightful messages after the first episode. We really appreciate it. And uh, for the ones that tune in for the first time, Plato at the Hub is a podcast that helps you to reconnect with like-minded people in an informal and personal setting. We aim to link philosophy, sociology, psychology and education. Well, basically we talk about life and personal development in all its aspects. This podcast takes place every first Thursday of the month at 8 p.m. live and can be listened to the day after on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and SoundCloud. Also, we can imagine that you are listening and maybe you want to be a part of this podcast as a guest or in a different way. Please contact us. My name is Hugo Mutsaerts and I'm your host of this podcast. Our producer is Marike Jacobs and my co-host of the podcast is the one and only Joy Bergs. Joy, how are you today? I'm very happy to be back, Hugo, to have another episode of Plato at the Hub, especially after the, well, what you already said, the good comments and the positive feedback that we received last time. Were you able to, to answer all the fan mail you received after, uh, <laughs> after that episode? <laughs> it was difficult to um, get rid of all the groupies on the street. Yeah, they yeah. were following me. I yeah. can imagine that. <laughs> and also, I have, to wa- I have to set one thing straight, by the way. I suggested in the first episode that you drink alcohol uh, at one o'clock in the afternoon, I said 1 p.m. That should have been 1 a.m., of course, <laughs> just to set things straight, okay? Uh, okay, um, so the second epi- episode today, and we are really excited because, you know, making moral decisions in your life has become more difficult in an increasingly globalized society that is shaped by global interaction. You know, with an inf- information overload, think newspapers, Twitter, television, podcasts, it is difficult for us to understand what exactly the truth is and how we can understand our personal ethics. It is time to reevaluate our norms and see how we can live according to our values. And in this episode, we will dive into this topic and hope to learn how to apply it in our daily lives from this day on a little bit better. And uh, we do this together with our dear guest, Oscar Bastians. And Oscar is a lecturer at BUAS in the media domain for both creative business and the master in media innovation. He's also the founder and editor-in-chief, that sounds so cool, of Hub, which is the campus entertainment network. He teaches in the field of creative writing, ethics, and semiotics. When he started his study in philosophy at the University of Antwerp earlier this year, it did not seem to any surprise any of his friends and family. Even more so, his mother told him that when he was young, he used to tell her, Mom, I have a hunger for knowledge. Exploring and and discussing ideas and concepts from a philosophical standpoint is one of his favorite pastime activities. Almost just as much as playing guitar, gaming and writing. Welcome, Oscar. Good to have you here in the studio. Thank you you? very much. Yeah, uh, it's it's great to be here. I'm I'm doing well. I've... uh I've left the confinements of my own home from which I've been working for a couple months now. So it's, it's great to be somewhere else and great to be here. Oh, great to have you. Well, let's start off with, uh, with the podcast. And uh, we, have, um, uh, we have been thinking of the first question. We're going to talk about ethics, about morality. Well, yes. and then the first philosopher that pops up in mind, I think, at least, maybe you have a different opinion, is Aristotle. Now, mm. my question to you would be, um, imagine Aristotle rises from his grave tomorrow morning. He wakes up. What would he think of this world? What do you think? 
Well, I, I think besides being completely gobsmacked by technology and everything else, of course, that's surrounding us, um, I think for him it might be a, 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 an experience almost similar to leaving Plato's cave and suddenly uh, uh, realizing, you know, the, the world is much well more or much different um, than, of course, in his day. Um, but I think mostly he would, he, he would be surprised by perhaps how we debate in these times, you know, uh, coming from perhaps a day and age in which uh, debate between wise old men, of course, you know, was was a commonality for him. I think now it, it's 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 become such harsh debates um, that, that I, th I think he'd be particularly surprised about that. You know, it's it's become a a global debate through social media and all these, you know, mm -hmm. online aspects that we have. And I think for for him, there's a large um, emphasis on moderation, on, you know, uh, finding in that sense a bit of the middle ground. And you can find that back in his ethics. Um, as well. So I think, you know, now we we tend not to want to compromise. We're so convinced of our own righteousness mm -hmm. in whatever we feel. And uh, I, I think he'd be mostly surprised maybe about that. So stunt maybe also. Yeah, yeah I, I think so. You know, I, I, I hope he would be perhaps then the one to guide us out of this and, 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 and to, uh, you know, get us back to reason and, you know, wanting to understand what the other is saying, wanting to understand where they're coming from, um, you know, uh, being um, open to perhaps change our minds uh, and listening to what others are saying. Compassionate, maybe also, you mean? Yeah, I, I think there's a form of compassion or there empathy, as well. empathy, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Per perhaps empathy is, yeah. Is, is a better one there. But but still, it's 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 about, you know, uh, of course, you don't have to agree with, with someone else, but, you know, at least to attempt to understand where they're coming from and attempt to understand through argumentation and proper debate, I think, is something that, uh, you know, we're, we're not seeing as much of anymore. Mm -hmm. well, okay, sorry, sorry. What would be the first step in that direction? Well, um, I think, you know, a, a Socrates approach towards everything, you know, knowledge comes through dialogue, wisdom, uh, which, is, I, you know, is, is a core fundament of philosophy, comes through dialogue. It's only through debating and discussing and exploring those aspects together, you know, something as ancient as, you know, the ancient Greeks themselves is something that I feel we, we've lost touch. So just being able to sit at the table, um, of course, being convinced, which is not a problem of, of what you feel is right, but also to be willing to, to listen to others. Uh, I, I think, you know, that's the first step, but it's a difficult step to take for, for many. And also delaying judgment. That you are able to, you know, postpone your judgment and listen to uh, to somebody and, and understand where he or she is coming from, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah you know, yeah. I mean, can you fully judge someone without necessarily having heard the rationale behind what they're thinking? Uh, you know, I mean, of course, we can dismiss an argument straight away because, you know, I simply don't agree with it. Uh, but if I don't know why the other person, you know, has this conviction, how can I necessarily disagree with the with the entire reasoning of it i can only disagree with the conclusion mm -hmm. but not with any of the premises I, I really hope that trump is tuning in tonight but uh let's see <laughs> um you are study uh, studying uh, philosophy currently at the university of antwerp yeah um what we try to do tonight is to you know make it uh, applicable to personal lives and to daily life could you in your own words um tell us what you think philosophy is and what the added value is in your so in your personal life I mean, you know, strictly speaking, philosophy is in a way is, is a, uh, a, a deposition and a continuation of ideas or notion of life. You know, we we, um, we want to uh, push back towards some of the things that, that maybe we deem normal or regular in our lives, but at the same time explore uh, new areas, uh, create new or, you know, found new knowledge in that sense. 
Um, you know, it, most sciences really focus on the why question, you know, why does the apple fall from the tree? Uh, uh, but at the same time, I think philosophy really focuses on almost any other aspect or any other question that, you know, these more hard sciences can't really answer. Um, and I think for, for me, what, what I personally take from, from philosophy is, is, is the more practicality of some of that wisdom, the practicality of being able to have an open debate or an open discussion. And for me, it's really the, the pursuit of, of, well, as I say, wisdom, uh, not, not necessarily claiming here that I'm a wise man now or, or that I will be a wise man after my studies or anything like that, but, but rather to um, attempt to explore that and, and, and try to uh, chase uh, wisdom in that sense. Would it you would. say it's different than knowledge then? So wisdom versus knowledge? Yes, I, I'd say so. I mean, knowledge, you know, knowing facts or something like that, you know, of course, it's a part of it. It's it's most definitely a part of it. But it's not necessarily the same, I think, as, as wisdom, being able to contemplate, being able to debate, being able to, um, you know, shift, shift minds. Yeah. Um, so you are studying philosophy and you if you listen carefully to the people around you, they often choose uh, uh, psychology, sociology. Not so much philosophy. Uh, it often it's perceived, you know, vague sometimes, a little bit dull. Uh, I disagree, by the way. But um, why do you think that is? And why do you think that it is so underrated? Well, I mean, first and foremost, it, it is ancient, you know. I mean, it, <laughs> it is something that, you know, but, but looking up at the sky and wondering what's out there, who am I, who are we, what are we doing? You know, it's, it's, it's one of the first things uh, I, I'd almost, you know, dare to argue that, you know, we, we asked ourselves. Um, and I think, you know, it, it, it's, of course, it developed throughout time, you know, there's new philosophies that came around, there was, you know, um, uh, an era um, in, in which we really opened up to, you know, or try to break loose from religious aspects of philosophy or, or the foundation of philosophy on, on religion, but try to see other ways as well. Um, and I think, you know, if we say philosophy, we think about, you know, old white men from Greece and you know it's it's not you know it's so much more than that and and I, th I think you know it, it may, might not sound maybe as sexy uh, as as maybe something else um, but but I, I think that that's a difficulty but I think more and more people though are seeing the excitement in trying to understand the structures and foundations of our society our political system of any system that we have in the world around us because we want to understand it and i think first and foremost right now we're in an age and you know in which a lot of people want to change the systems and you know if we want to change the systems we also you know need to know what what we're changing in the first place mm -hmm. would you say that um philosophy is then basically the umbrella above sociology psychology and other sciences um for me it is i'd say so i mean uh, of course, you know, it, it, it lends from each other, it learns from each other as well. But, but, but for me, philosophy is definitely an, an, an umbrella science or way of thinking. Uh, it's, it's a way of life, someone, uh, some people call it as well. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely um, an umbrella term. Yeah. Um, let's, let's dive into ethics and morality a little bit more. Um, could you explain uh, what the difference is between those two definitions? Yeah, so... Um, I mean, in a way, they're they're the same. They're referring, in, in a way, to the same thing. But I, I think if you if you want to dissect those two terms a bit more, you know, morality it really refers to what we personally believe, 
to be right and to be wrong. So whatever that might be, how, however you might feel about it, that, that's your personal moral belief. Ethics, however, is, is more of a, a social system in, in which all these, you know, uh, morals in a sense are, are applied. You know, we, we try to get together, we try to get consensus about what we believe to be right and wrong. Of course, there are some items that we cannot necessarily agree upon straight away or that we keep slightly open. Um, but I think ethics stresses that, you know, social system through which all these morals are applied. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what would you say morality is then based on? Well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of lots of schools of thought uh, uh, for for that as well. You know, uh, for Aristotle, it was all about virtues. Uh, uh, for for Immanuel Kant, it was all about you know Im- imperatives. Um, and I think what what most of these philosophies come come down to, and and the idea of morality, uh, and we'll we'll see that I think once we dive in in a bit more detail as well. You know, thinking about doing the right thing doesn't make you a good person. Um, you know, doing the right thing because, well, you know, we got to do it and it's the right, you know, it's the right thing to do. Let's do it. Doesn't make you a, a good person. You have to intrinsically want to do the right thing. Uh, no matter what, no matter the circumstances, um, you have to want the right thing. And I think that's in, in a sense, perhaps, you know, um, almost morality de- defined, well, maybe not defined, but defined as a, at its best. Mm-hmm. Can you give a, a, an example of your personal life? I, I would like to know more about your personal life and how you apply philosophy in that. Um, could you give an example of how you apply ethics? Um, and don't get too personal, but give, can you give an example just to f- for the listeners to see how it works? Well, I, I mean, we're, we're faced with, well, maybe not full ethical dilemmas, but moral dilemmas, you know, quite regularly. You know, it's 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 do I or should I maybe you know, tell this lie to someone because, you know, someone's calling me like, hey, you, know, you, you want to hang out? You know, not maybe right now, but, you know, it's like, uh, you want to hang out? Well, I don't really feel like it, but I don't want to say I don't feel like it, you know, because, you know, it could be harmful. Maybe maybe that person will go like, oh, you know, he doesn't like me and, you know, well, what am I bothering or this? or So I, I think that, you know, already in that um, decision, there's kind of a, a balance that you weigh out. Like, okay, should I kind of, you know, make up an excuse or lie, essentially. And, and, you know, is that for the benefit of myself, for the benefit of the others? Um, And I think, you know, things such as small as that is already some sort of a morality balance. Mm -hmm. I I actually think that you now come down to that point where you want to dive deeper, because I believe that this relates a lot to consequentialism and deontology. could you elaborate there? These are two difficult words. Um, could you explain to well the listeners what is meant there and how it actually relates to the previous example that you just gave? Yeah, so um, very plainly, right? I mean, there's two major streams of thought when it comes to ethics. Um, and indeed, there's deontology, which is more concerned with the intrinsic quality of the act itself. So the fact that I lie, the lying itself, that's what deontology is concerned with. So is that the right thing to do or, you know, depends on what I actually do. While for consequentialists or utilitarians as well, it's kind of like a sight stream. Um, it's more about the consequences of what I do. So, you know, almost like the end justifies the means, mm-hmm. right? So I, I decide what's the right thing to do because, you know, I lie right now in order to help others. You know, for utilitarians, it's really about helping as many people as possible. Uh, with consequentialists, you know, it, it, it's it's similar to that, but maybe not as strict. Um, I, I think um, 
what, what's, what's maybe interesting as well, that we're all familiar, usually when we talk about ethics, about the trolley cart dilemma, you know, things like that. You know, we're, we're in a trolley cart, we're going down a, a track, you know, with 100 kilometers an hour, um, and ahead of us, we see five workers on a track, and we can't break, we can't get their attention. We know that, you know, whatever we do, we're, we're going to hit them, we're going to kill five, and oh my God, we feel completely hopeless. Until we notice there's a sidetrack, there's only one worker, our steering wheel still works, you know, what do we do? Um, and in most instances, people say, well, I'd, I'd steer away, right? Because the consequence of my action results in, well, fewer people getting killed. Um, but if you take a similar example and you say, well, now you're on top of a bridge and you can see this event happening. There's a track, there's a trolley cart, you know, um, it's, it's going 100 kilometers an hour towards these five people and you feel helpless, but there's someone who's, you know, leaning just over the bridge and you know that if you give him a little push, you know, fall down on a track and warn the others, you know, this one man will die, unfortunately, but, you know, it, in a way it's the same, but we feel much less comfortable of actually pushing someone down towards its death, even if it, you know, results in the same thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that exemplifies, you know, deontological reasoning and, and that consequentialism there best. Yeah. And now, now coming back to that example that you just gave, because this is something that I experienced myself as well, so that someone calls and I'm like, yeah, I actually prefer to hang out on my couch tonight. What do I do? What do I say to that person? And how does it relate to any of those streams? Well, so, so a, a deontologist would say, you know, you shouldn't lie because lying is wrong. So, you know, you should just say, well, I don't feel like it, you know, and, and put down the phone. Well, maybe maybe say it's bye as well, but you know, just 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 to say <laughs> yeah. I, I don't feel like it. Um, you know, it's it's what what Immanuel Kant said as well. You know, he's 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 very strict in that. You know, right is right; it must be done, no matter the consequences. If it's if it's wrong to lie in this situation or wrong to lie in a different situation, it's the same here. Doesn't matter. Well, for a consequentialist, might say, well, you know, I know that if I'd say no now, I might, you know hurt their feelings or I, I might, you know, have a negative impact towards others and therefore it might be better just to you know, say like, oh no, I'm, I'm really busy and I still have to do the dishes and whatever. Um, so, you know, maybe next time. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's yeah, I, I think in that sense, you know, it, neither of these are perfect, right? I mean, there's no perfect normative ethics system, um, but there's ways of reasoning and, and, you know, what you might feel more comfortable with is up to you, I'd say, and not necessarily up to philosophers to dictate to, to you what's best. Okay, so deontology and consequentialism on the spectrum, right? Both opposing concepts. Um, I'm thinking about it because you, you mentioned this this example um, of the track, right? And it's, it's a simplified mm. version. You need, you need facts to actually base your action on. Yeah. And in these days, let's zoom out a little bit. Uh, in these days, I, I mentioned in the intro that it's globalized and we've got this information overload, social media, um, which once held the promise, of course, that, uh, you know, we will be more connected than ever. Well, in fact, we see that we become more isolated. We are with our own group of people and they are actually confirming what we think and telling what we already thought. So um, truth is there is not any more one set of facts, right? As you, if you take a look at the, at the television, you see different sorts of, of presentations, representations of, of, the, of reality. So how can you then make that, that, that ethical decision if, if it's so diverse what's being presented to you? Well, and that's a hard question, I think. But it, it is. And, and um, I think the difficulty, there are facts, 
you know, yes, there are multiple ways that some people present things to be fact, which, you know, in fact, are not facts necessarily. So, you know, if, if, if I would take, you know, a, a, a bottle and I would, you know, um, keep it on, above the ground, I release it, I know for a fact it will fall to the ground. You know, laws of nature are, are you know, almost unquestionable facts. Uh, but when it comes to, you know, a, a bit more of the um, um, mystical facts, maybe let's let's call them let's call them like that. You know, it's the things that, you know, I'm not all too aware and I get confirmation bias from everyone around me. Yes, we all agree that, you know, X, Y or Z is, is happening. Um, indeed, it, it becomes much more blurred. But, you know, then again, it's also our responsibility to to make sure that we balance out our way out. What do we know? What do I really know? And what can I really say about that? You know, can I really draw conclusions from the fact that I've read one headline on a social media and based on that, I feel angry or I feel relieved or I feel happy and, um, you know, and that's it. Um, mm -hmm. My mind's made up. And especially if that gets gets confirmed through, you know, social media or, or, or your, your, you know, social circle, mm -hmm. it's difficult to kind of escape. How do you... How do you look at that, uh, Joy? The social media phenomenon of being more, um, being more isolated from other people that are not really into your. Yeah, well, I think, and also relating to what Oscar just mentions, is that um, on social media and on news websites, we often see small events and not the overarching story. And this is something that we miss. So in the end, I strongly believe that we need to get into a conversation with each other to see, to lay out all these smaller events, basically, to see, okay, what is then the overarching story and how can I, based on that, um, decide how I act? And if there's done one through, I don't think so. Um, so I think it's up to you, up to yourself to decide what do I take along from what is presented to me? How can I get into a conversation with people to talk about this and to see how I can act upon it? Um, so yeah, that that's... Well, I, I mean, at the same time, you know, is it, is it, can we ask from a person to understand all these overarching stories of all these things that are coming towards us while at the same time leading our lives? I mean, it's so much, it's, it's so intense. Um, that that's some, I mean I I see what you're saying and I agree you know only if we understand the full picture of something, we we can truly understand or, or make up our mind. But at the same time, gosh, I mean, I, I probably have the same. There's so much happening. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I I can follow snippets of things and kind of make up an idea about it. Yeah. But trying to follow everything meticulously yeah. in all its breath. Oof. But how would you go about that then? Because considering this social media phenomenon of digital trenches, right? How would you go about that? To is there still hope uh, in in that respect? Well, I, I I'd say there's hope to to the extent that you know how much value do we actually put towards these things that we're doing or that we're we're seeing? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I mean, in the end, you know, we we can, um, you know, pretend that you know, of course, our lives matter, uh, uh, but we we can pretend that you know we're going to make an impact and we're going to change the world. And to some extent, it's it's slightly naive mm -hmm. because will we actually be able to do so? Um, and if we focus on trying to change the world rather than perhaps changing that small world that's actually actually here around us, yeah. you might have a much bigger impact in your entire life than trying to, you know, capture the the, yeah. the, the, the you know the larger part of things. I think it also relates to, for example, for me, I, I try to limit the amount of news that I read or that I see. 
So I think also like if you want to keep it small and make the impact well in, in your surroundings, it also relates to not overwhelming yourself with the amount of news that is mm. out there and then making a selection and to see, okay, what are you reading? Um, and that helps you to to see that overarching picture for yourself, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine that. That, that that's that's a, that's a route, you know. You could. T- I mean, do 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 you Hugo? Do do you watch like, or try to keep track of all news or something like that? Well, we we talked about it last uh, episode. That yeah, I, I'm thinking about that. That social media, of course, are designed in a way that it it makes people people. Um, addicted to to new impulses and mm-hmm. you know and 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 following all all posts so i I'm, I'm thinking about it that well it helped for me at least that to to account to uh, delete some accounts uh, <laughs> to to focus and to narrow down uh, the uh, the sources of information uh, but sometimes i i um, catch myself being lost in the woods of twitter uh, i have a secret secret Twitter account, by the way. Um, cool. But um, I th- then I I lose myself in that that hostile uh, atmosphere over there. So I really try to, like Joy said, to to narrow that down. But sometimes I feel at that. <laughs> um, but some people say, and you you see it happening with uh, newspapers a lot, that they are going to fact check. So they are going to check whether some some claim is actually true or not. What what do you think of that that phenomenon? Um. I mean, it's it's good that we're actually, you know, uh, keeping people to to what they're saying, especially if they're presented as truth, and it turns out perhaps you know it's not truth. Uh, I think it's good, and and that's the work of journalists. I think for a large part, anyway, to to kind of hold us to what we say and what we promise. You know, is that actually the the, the thing that's there? Um, but at the same time, there's so much, uh, you know, fake news and you know, post truth and all, all of that that. You know, you can wonder if 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 that indeed is is um, you know if if trying to fact check everything, if that's really going to help at some point also convince those that you know feel um, convinced of an alternative fact, as, yeah. as uh, some terms have also coined. What uh, do you exactly mean with that? Well, you know, it's it's almost like you know maybe not fake news, but saying well that's your facts, mm-hmm. but my facts are are, are different. And of course, you know, th- to some regard, we we can have a different perspective on something. Uh, you know, makes sense. You know, we have different lives, different bubbles. We see different, you know, people, different buildings, whatever it might be. Um, and that's also, you know, been partially blamed to postmodernism, you know, in, in which we kind of question the nature of truth itself. And does truth even exist if we all have these these various views? But, you know, I, I, I still believe there is still truth. Um, but it's, it's I'm not sure, and, you know, it's also referring to, uh, I think, you know, a, a a book or an essay um, by uh, Alicia Gashinska who who writes about battling, you know, these this this fake news and not necessarily by fact checking, but rather by truthfulness. Yeah. So truth versus truthfulness. Yeah. So truth is the quality of a claim, and truthful truthfulness is the quality of a human being. Yeah. That's yeah. what she says. That's not. Those are not my words, by the way. This is this is a quote of uh, Gachinska. But uh, yeah, no, and 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 I think you know that, that's to some regard the the thing, right? I mean, it's become so easy to troll, to be anonymous, to say whatever we want to say, say whatever we like, and we don't care if we hurt someone's feelings. And you know, I believe you have the right to be offended, mm-hmm. and you have the right to say something about you know anything or anyone. But 
um, you know, it's very easy if we can kind of hide behind alternative persona and, you know, or anonymous persona. So it's it's much more about, you know, that ethics in your, within yourself, that, that morality of yourself that, that you need to maybe, you know, re-examine and say, you know, am I being a, a, a good person? Am I holding to, to my own values? Yeah. So she, she actually argues that we should cultivate truthfulness, you know, being sincere and, and having the right intentions and acting upon those intentions. Mm. Where should we start, in your opinion? How could we start with this? Education. Um, I, I think, you know, that's the very foundation of, of where we become who we are, for at least that determines for a large part who we become. Um, but, you know, I've always been a firm believer of building an education, you know, more to, to focus on. Um, let's make sure that we um, train or not maybe train, but cultivate a mindset with people on how to be good people, especially with so many processes in almost every industry out there today that's automized, that, you know, robo robots will take over or whatever, you know, which is great because it actually leaves room for us to perform that examination with ourselves and to learn how to think critically, learn how to um, weigh out, you know, ethical considerations, moral considerations, and, and I think that truthfulness there in the end as well. Now I'm a teacher. Tomorrow I'm going to go to my work and I'm going to sit together with students. What should I do? Um, <laughs> Tell us, Oscar. Yeah, well, <laughs> there we go. Um, <laughs> now, I, you know, again, you know, it's it's a very Socrates approach, but it's about the dialogue. It's about you know trying to understand because, you know, it's it's difficult for for me to or for any person sometimes to you know listen to what you have to say if you're not willing to listen to what I have to say. So mm -hmm. I, I think it starts there, just to sit down perhaps take something that has, has happened. I, I mean, of course, you know, in, in, in the last, uh, um, or a while back already, uh, the French teacher um, that, that was uh, decapitated uh, after, you know, discussing a cartoon or and, and other teachers that are being threatened. You know, it's, it's about opening that conversation about, you know, what's happening yeah. and what do we feel about that and why do we feel that, you know, um, and, and try to combat it with discussion, debate. It's funny because normally I also say that um, I see people often talking to each other, not with each other. Hmm. So someone says something, someone says something back. But there is no way of actually listening and sharing, um, showing sincere interest in each other's arguments and each other's words and then questioning that and going further into that conversation and coming back to the social media or WhatsApp that even limits it even further. Um, I don't know how you see that. Well, I mean, it's it's about authentic listening, really listening and, you know, trying, you know, really trying to understand and not necessarily asking questions like, oh, yeah, but why do you believe that? Or where did you get that? And, you know, how, how is that real? But rather to understand why someone believes something. So, so you know, uh, but how, did, how did you come by that conviction? Or, or, or you know, well, what, what's your reason mm -hmm. for that? Not yeah. necessarily saying, you know, it's wrong and anything like that, yeah. but understanding i'd like to add one more thing because we are talking about dialogue and i totally agree so really listening and, and you know making that connection with with the other um but i also have to think of the book by uh, barry schwartz who is uh, a psychologist and uh, the book goes by the name practical wisdom and he actually argues that it is also about experience and it might sound a little bit evidence evident of course but uh, he actually argues that also in education you should create or simulate situations in which students really um you know try to think of how to act um, but also fail 
right? And also let them fail and learn from their mistakes. And we talked about that uh, the first episode. Um, um, and again, this might sound evident, but I think that that most teachers, but also parents, want to prevent their uh, students or, or or children from from making mistakes. They want to they they hover, right? Um, so it's also about you know letting them make mistakes and 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 you know doing it. Yeah, and I mean a perfect place to make mistakes is is at school, um, and it's also you know how we test our students and and things like that. You know, there I think there's lots of ways that we can or steps that we can still take to to kind of get that process a bit more in. You know, b- becoming a well-rounded human being uh, uh, rather than necessarily you know I'm I I can be great at you know Photoshop or something like that, which you know. I mean, some people can do amazing things and I'm, I'm in awe, you know, I can't do that. You know, I, I, I do different things, but you know, it's, it's, it's not that it's not admirable, these skills, but, but it's, it's also about, you know, the actual choices that, that they make. And, and, um, I believe it's a, it's a, you know, this is going to be loosely translated, uh, a song by one of my favorite artists, Spinvis, a Dutch artist, uh, recently released a, a new yeah. album. And it, it's, there's one line in there where he says, um, it's it's good to lose you know it'll bring you more than winning ever does um because you know it's it's lonely at the top right it's you know we can win and then we might not even know why we won Mm -hmm. Uh, but if we lose and we examine why actually did we lose and Mm -hmm. i think that's much more of an interesting question indeed the rather than um okay i've ticked the boxes you know i i i passed the course great um there's much more to it yeah but still it's a mindset that often students have, but this is something that they already learned from the beginning. So this is a change of mindset that we need to create. Um, and maybe not only as educators, but also as parents. So it's not about ticking the boxes, but it is about, well, what we said last podcast as well. It's about failing, but failing forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, F- fa- failing beautifully, you know, <laughs> uh, spectacularly. Yeah. All right. Um, let's uh, zoom out even more. Uh, you know, we've got these global events, uh, for example, COVID-19, and uh, mm. it seems to be that there is a, a vaccine uh, uh, almost ready. Um, and we were talking about it in the preparation that, in preparation of this episode, that, you know, these vac- vaccination programs also hold a lot of ethical dilemmas. If you would be the minister <laughs> of um, of health, um, no, just kidding. How would you go about such dilemmas? Where would you start uh, vaccinating uh, the citizens, the, the 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 whole country, really, the population of, of the Netherlands yeah. in this case? I think I'd start by realizing I won't have many friends after this. <laughs> um, but you know, I mean, and that's the thing about ethics—you'll never be able to satisfy everybody. Um, and, you know, it's, it's also a matter of, I, I think, science that, that can show us, you know, what are the most important groups of people to, um, to make sure that they're able to live in more freedom than, than we currently are doing. Um, but, you know, I'm, 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 I'm not a virologist. I'm, I'm, I'm not, so so it's, it's going to be difficult to, to, to really pinpoint an answer there. Uh, but I think it's, it's indeed about, you know, and, and we see that in Western, you know, politics almost you know a, a lot that it's really about utilitarianism you know trying to do you know the right thing that is best for as many people as possible you know it's it's also in accepting the fact that you know we won't be able to satisfy everybody um straight away you know of course we all ache freedom you know we all ache that you know night back in a bar or in a restaurant or whatever we want to do um but you know we, we won't be able to provide that just yet so 
So let's go back to deontology. I hope, hope the listeners still understood what it was mm-hmm. about. But uh, deontology and consequentialism. If you if you take a look at this discussion about vaccination, where on the spectrum uh, is that exactly? Could, could you could you? Yeah, I'd, I'd say that's more consequentialism. So so looking at you know um, um, the fact that you know the, the consequence of who we vaccinate first will help the largest number of people will probably be the most preferred rather than to to say well you know. Um, um, you know, vaccination is important. Everyone should be vaccinated. So we should wait until we can, vac- you know, give everyone one, which you know, that's that's going to, you know, last quite some time. Mm-hmm. But now turning it the other way around, um, looking at individuals, some people are hesitant to actually take the vaccination. Um, how do you see that from the from this perspective? Well, I mean, everyone has the right to, to, to say no to that, you know, but it, at the same time, you know, it, it's it's about the greater good. Um, and I think that's also what a lot of um, um, efficients say that, you know, it's 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 proper ethics is not, you know, doing the right thing just for me, but it's rather mm-hmm. about doing the right thing for others. And in return, that reflects back on me. And in return, um, you know, I will be able to have a fulfilled life or Aristotle called it eudaimonia. You know, we'll be able to look back on life and, and, and kind of um, be satisfied with what we did because what we did was in service in purpose of others rather than only ourselves um and of but course, intrinsically yeah intrinsically yeah but yeah. so that's really important i think yes otherwise, yeah. otherwise it becomes a checklist yeah again. It, it, it becomes a trick you know yeah. I'm, I'm nice because you know it, it benefits me to be nice but you know that's not you know a, a morally justifiable uh, position i'm nice because i generally want to be nice for example mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. One of the philosophers you mentioned in the beginning, and it's also the name of this podcast, was um, Immanuel Kant. And he once said, life without reason and morality has no value. How do you see this quote? What is your perspective? Um, well, for, for Kant, you know, um, we, everything happens from will. And, um, and will is constituted by what he calls tendencies and what he calls reason. And tendencies is kind of like our, our emotional thing, what we want for ourselves, what we deem to be important, or, um, you know, I'll have that cake or something like that, right? That could be a tendency. And then there's reason in which we try to, you know, stay a bit more objective or, or, or try to be rational, reasonable, you know, and, and, and reason through what could be the right thing to do. And for him, reason is kind of trying to help us keep our tendencies in check. Because yes, our tendencies are important and we should be happy. And sometimes we have to do things just for us to be happy. But most of the time we should, you know, look at, at that reason. So a, a life um, without reason, a life without that morality, um, you know, then we probably die unhappy. Okay. I think we are going towards the end. Um, so I think we touched upon a lot of interesting stuff. We can talk about this for um, for hours, I think. Final question. We've got uh, people listening from the Netherlands, uh, UK, South America, even uh, whatever. But what should they do, in your opinion, tomorrow when they wake up, you know, having heard this podcast, this episode, what would be the first thing they can they could do to actually have a go at applying what we discussed today? I'd say, um, well, Two things in that sense. Start being conscious about, you know, even the smallest decisions that you take. Just, you know, uh, take a moment. You know, you don't have to, you know, sit down and then think for a couple of hours. Just just be conscious of the decisions that you take. 
And I'd say, find someone who you thoroughly disagree with and open a dialogue, not a debate, but a dialogue, um, you know, in, in which you, you're equals and you try to understand each other, right? Opening up, trying to understand someone else will probably result in the same thing returning to you. Mm-hmm. Still hoping that Trump is still listening. <laughs> I think he has checked out by now. <laughs> um, all right. Thank you, uh, Oscar. Um, last, this is the last question, by the way. Um, uh, Marike will play a song after this episode, right, right after this episode. Um, and we have mm-hmm. asked, we asked you to choose a song that best represents the topic of or the topics of, of today. Which song have you chosen and why? I've uh, chosen a song by Tame Impala, New Person, Same Old Mistakes. Um, because, again, it's easier uh, said than done. I mean, we can talk to talk, but can we walk the walk? And I think that's, that's kind of what this song, to, to, to me, somehow represents there as well. Um, it's easy to think about being, being good, but it's very difficult to be good. All right. Thank you, um, Oscar. Thank you again for being here. I uh, really enjoyed this. I think uh, Joy as well, right? Absolutely. Okay, thank you. Uh, and dear listeners, thank you for, for joining. Hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Please highlight the 7th of January, 8 p.m. in your agendas or listen to it the day after on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud as this will be the next time we will broadcast Plato at the Hub. What will the next episode be about? Well, our world is changing faster, getting more unpredictable and more complex every day. Knowledge is everywhere, yet are we equipped with the right skills to live our lives successfully? In the next episode on January 7th, Wouter van Tankeren will join us in a conversation on the importance of skill development. During this episode, we will explore how education and companies in general have been shaped up throughout the years and how both could adapt to the need for the development skills and competences that are crucial in the 21st century. Furthermore, we, are into, we go into parenting and how traditional and social media play a role in this matter. So I think it is quite related to what we talked about today. So we will take a step further, I think so. So please tune in next time. For now, we wish you all a nice evening and happy holidays. Be safe and kind to others and to yourself. Goodbye.